for your love and your mercy. Thank you for your people. Holy Spirit, we give you the honor that's due you, and we welcome your presence here. You are the Lord, and we ask that you teach us today because you are the te teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about successful family life. One thing that came to me this week, uh, you know, talking about uh, husband and wife relationship, I just discovered something. God didn't say, uh, marry who you love. Did you notice that? God never said in the word, marry who you love. But he said, love who you marry. <laughs> right? <laughs> Once you make that choice, you have been commanded to love who you marry. There's no place in the scripture where God talks about, you know, marrying who you love and who you date and all of that. Uh, I mean, uh, love, uh, marry who you love. What am I going crazy? But, uh, but he said to love who you marry. So that's a commandment for the, for the husband. It's a commandment. Once you make that choice, it's over. For me personally, once I made that choice, God gave, you, gave me the right to choose. I have the right to choose. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. It is a he who God finds a wife for. Is that what he said? No. He who finds a wife Finds, not find a woman, find a wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So when I, once I found Angela and we got to the altar and we said our prayer, the, the, uh, our vows and everything, I, I went back to God and said, now I finished that part. Where is the favor? I need the favor now. <laughs> uh, and he showed up in a big way. So when I go out preaching, people ask, your name is Good Luck? I say, yeah, my good luck is Angelo. <laughs> I got my favor. I have to say this, so by the time I go on to the other parts of my message, I can be free to go back home. <laughs> now, but seriously, yes, she's, uh, I feel really blessed, very blessed. Now, the Bible tells the husband to study his wife because he says you must dwell with your wife according to knowledge, according to, with, to the, New Test, the New King James says understanding, but he says with knowledge. In other words, you have to know her. And you can't know anything unless you study it. You can't have... When you have understanding, you have gone beyond knowing, just knowledge. Some people know about God, but understanding goes deeper than that. And so the Bible is saying, we must live with our wives with understanding. So I have to know the woman that I'm living with so we can have peace in the home. Because remember I said, the experts say marriage means conflict. And we got to deal with it. I mean, that's the reality of life. If you put two good friends together, I don't care. If they live in the same quarters, it's, it won't be long 
before a little fight will come up. And I still fight with Angela. Amen. I shouldn't say amen. <laughs> we still have differences. And we have to walk through it. And every family deals with it. You have to deal with it. It's just life. You're not alone in it. Don't think you're, you're just experiencing this. I, how did I put myself in this situation? Every family dealing with it. And some have dealt with more problems than you've dealt with. And were successful. So that's just a part of it. But we have to learn to know our wives. And I started by talking about the things that we need to know as men concerning our wives. The first thing a woman needs to feel loved. And we talked about this last week. And I'm not going to go back to that before time. The second thing, we have actually seven things. The second thing is, for, uh, for us men, we need to understand that women, your wife, deals constantly with multiple thoughts and emotions from the past and present at the same time. They're dealing with that. That's the way God created them. You know, I used to wonder why if I put something on the stove... And I go out to try to do laundry. Guess what happens to the meal on the pot there on the stove? It gets burnt. And I was reading about this guy asking his wife, what's going on? And she's thinking at the same time she's cooking. She's doing something with the computer. And she's at the same time monitoring the kids. And she's doing all of them well. For a man, something is going to give. Men cannot do it. And my family know me for that. If my mind is focused on something and you're telling me a real pertinent information, guess what? I didn't hear it. And they tell me, I told you this. No, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Because you're just one direction. That's, all, that's us, man. But women do that. And because they're wired that way, what the world labels, women are emotional. That's the reason. They deal with multiple thoughts. That's the way God created them. There's the positive aspects of this. And then we also back to, you know, at the negative aspect. But it's something really positive. That's the way God created them. All this, it's like having several windows open on your computer. Remember that? And they can work with them. You're working on all of them. And then from time to time you have pop-ups coming up. That's the way it is for a woman. And so we need to understand that and don't get too upset about what's going on. The third thing is uh, women want emotional security. Not just financial security. Let me settle this, real important. Uh, When it comes to the home and the finances of the home, it's really based on the husband and the wife working together. To make sure that your finances are okay. Yes, the man is supposed to provide. But if you look at scriptures very carefully, a lot of times husbands and wives, they're fighting about this thing. And one is saying, you're supposed to do this. And the other one is saying, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. I believe this is me. You work together with your wife in your family concerning your finances. And if you work together in unity, that thing will grow. And everybody in the home is going to be comfortable. 
But bickering and fighting about the issues, that's not where he's at. Because if you look at scriptures, where we draw the fact that a man is supposed to be the provider, there we talked about the things that a man should provide. And definitely a man should provide as well. But we use the scripture, and I'm going to be very bold, we use the scripture that God told Adam, planted the garden and told Adam to dress the garden. And we say, because God said that to Adam, the man was supposed to walk and make the provision. And that's right. But don't tell me after Eve was created, she sat around the snakes and the lions and all chatting with, chatting with them while Adam was dressing the garden. That wouldn't be true, right? Because she also was at the garden. That's where Satan spoke to her. She was dressing the garden as well. That's labor, right? So it's really a family thing to work with your family. And, and that's what's happening today in America. It takes two in the family to really help with the home. And don't fight about that. Can I hear an amen? Read Proverbs 31. The man was at the gate. I never understand that scripture very much. He sits at the gate. And she's buying real estate. Read that stuff. And God says, that's a virtuous woman. She's buying the clothes for the family and the children and everything. She's buying and selling and doing all of this stuff. And God says, she is the kind of woman that you want, man. You get the message here now? Really, my opinion, walk together. Don't fight about it. Come into agreement. My family is going to prosper. Whatever it takes. Don't sit back as a man. That's not right. There's got to be vision in the home for the better. That's where the problem is. When your wife feels like we're going nowhere, there's going to be a lot, a lot of trouble in the home. There's no vision. Things are not going to change. You don't even think that way. You just said, oh, there's going to be a lot of difficulty here. But when there is a vision, like I said, they, what a man, woman needs the most is emotional security. The financial part is there and it's, it's important. And she will endure difficulties as long as there is a vision for the better. This got to be there. You can't just settle. We do whatever it takes to make sure that the family is comfortable. And then you plan for the future. But what the woman needs the most is emotional security. That you will always be there. That you are a best friend. And you're not wanting to be with this guy that you call your best friend. She's your best friend. That should be the case. Your wife should be your best friend. For me personally, I'll cut anybody off if you come against my wife. Uh, one word against my wife, that's it for you. Even if you are my brother from another mother, that's it for me. You say one word, even if you were right in what you were saying in my mind, but I know if you are bold enough to say it, you're not going to stop there. You will come up with something else. So from that day, uh, uh, you go your way and I'm going my way. We're not friends anymore. It's over. You can't speak one word against my wife. And I'm not going to tell you anything negative about my wife unless there is a reason for it, for the better. For the better. But your wife has to be your best friend. 
You have to enjoy being with your wife. Then you enjoy going out somewhere else. And if you're thinking of not going to be with your wife after work or whatever it is, you already have a real problem. And guess who knows you have a problem? Satan knows you have a problem. He'll take advantage of it. When it's over, he'll kill you. Remember what the Bible says, he's a murderer. He was a, he's been a murderer, he'll kill you. And so we need to guard these things. Your wife needs that emotional security. Assured, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be with you. Because there are going to be conflicts. And she keeps, like I said the other time, she's wondering, is he going to snap out of it? Because we men, we love to be on our own. And so she's wondering, ah, is he going to snap out of this so we can be together? So I've already made it clear, I'm not going anywhere. And since I have made my, my mind up that this is going to be the woman for me ever, I don't want any other woman, this is it, uh, I must make the best of it. <laughs> I have to do everything to make sure I have fun in that home because I'm not going anywhere. And I've said it here before, if Angela takes my stuff because she's so angry and she throws them out and says, you're out of this place and she locks the door, I know she's going to try to come out to get back to her car. If she opens that door, I'm in. <laughs> and somebody has to carry me out, okay, before you throw me out. I'm in and I'm not going anywhere. I say that because it's important. That's what God wants. That's the will of God for me. I want to leave his will. You marry, you stay there. But God gives you the right to choose. You can decide you want to do whatever you want. But for me, once I'm married, I know that's the will of God because it says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And so when you find a wife, that's your family. You can't tell God, no, I made a mistake. No, he, saw, he knew that before the foundation of the world. He knew you were going to be married to that person. He did. You got God's will. Amen. I don't like to hear people saying, well, I made a mistake. I don't care what happened. If you're married, that was his will. He knew it. Your mistakes, forget that nonsense. He paid the price for them. Amen? And arranged everything so that you can be together. Make the best of it. I guarantee you, if you walk together, Satan cannot come against your family. Your family will prosper. Especially if you have the same mind, your family is going to prosper. It's when there are fightings and bickerings and all the divisions and bad words, that's when you got a real problem because Satan has heard all of that. His demons are reporting to him some of the things that you are saying in your home. Uh-huh. And he's saying, that's a good word we have heard. You make sure he continues to say those type of things because we have an assignment for this family. They are now on our side. <laughs> Many of us don't realize that there is a devil. We believe, it, we know that he is, but we don't realize that he is at work and never sleeps. He's a spirit, constantly watching, and demons constantly reporting as to what's happening. There are so many demons in this world. The Bible says about is a legion that was in one man, a legion of demons in one single person? That means we got so many in the world. And all of them with their little assignments. Yeah. But God has also his assignments for your life. 
and then you got so many angels all around you. Let the angels hear good things coming from your home. Amen? Let them hear and make, give report to the Father as to what's happening in your home. You have to stay with your wife. She needs that emotional uh, security. You're there. You're committed to the marriage. That's, a woman needs to know that. And you do that by everything that you do. Taking care of things in the home. Amen? To your children, everything. You just don't leave everything for her. You are a full part of the family. You don't withdraw. Even when you are mad at something, you're still doing what you're supposed to do because you're committed to the family. That says, I'm not going anywhere. You are angry, but the things that you've been doing, you continue to do them. You know what that is? It gives her security. Even though you're mad at her, you're not going anywhere. This is my home. Can I hear an amen? amen. And that helps her to feel good about the family. And I believe if she feels good, if mama is happy, everyone in the home is going to be happy. And daddy especially is going to be happy. <laughs> amen. Now, this is the first thing. Many times, men are generally fixers. I don't know where I came from because <laughs> I, I can't fix a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> I had to call people to help me. My wife knows that. Michael has suffered a lot of pain from that. <laughs> he's a fixer. But I know how to find the fixers, amen? <laughs> I can fix, but I know how to find the fixers. And if I can't get it cheap, I pay for it. <laughs> so I can have peace. But there are times when a woman is expressing an emotional problem. And her desire and feelings to be heard is stronger than the problem itself. She just wants to talk. But the way we respond as men, we listen and we're thinking about how to fix it. She doesn't want you to fix it. She's smart enough to fix it herself. She just wants you to listen. And I'm preaching to myself. Okay. Hey, put your hand down, Angela. Don't betray me, okay? I'm pastor, you know. They don't need to know this. They don't need to know this. But we are so quick to try... Well, let me give you the solution. She says, I don't want your solution. I'm smart enough to deal with it. I just need you to listen. Many times when I've been successful, uh, uh, have you ever, has this ever happened to you, men? They talk for a while, and then they said, I feel better now. I hear that, and I'm saying, huh? <laughs> we haven't solved the problem, and you feel better because that's the way they're wired, amen? And so, I, so my wife tells me from time to time, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Listen more now. <laughs> uh, guys, we need to meet, okay? <laughs> you can teach me how to listen and I'll teach you how to really listen, but that's the way it is. They just want to be heard. And just listening and understanding, yes, I understand. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. Even if you don't understand where she's coming from. 
<laughs> don't lie now. <laughs> but that's all she wants. She wants to be heard. Don't fix it. Fifteen. Affection does much more for a woman than intimacy. To be affectionate to your wife, it goes way much longer in the way she feels than intimacy. For men, <laughs> uh, intimacy is the, is the language for them that they are loved. For a woman, that's not the case. It's the tenderness. The affection that's demonstrating more, I love you. You can say the words as well. The words, I love you. Those things are very important for women. We're talking about men, husbands, live live with your wives with understanding. So you know what's going on here and you can love. So it does much more for them. The affection. Uh, I think it will actually bring you closer. The laughing and all of that stuff, carrying on, pulling at each other, teasing and all of that. I mean, not crude jokes, okay? (laughs) Those things go a long way for the relationship than just the intimacy. That's an after effect of everything that you're doing. That's so important. That affection, touching, so important and all of that. 16, she wants to look attractive, to look beautiful to you as her husband. I was reading somewhere that the woman, you know, once she knows what she was like when she was young, but that's who she is. And so most of it is Am I beautiful in your eyes? Do you love me the way I am? Do I look good to you? A woman needs that. And we need to express that. She wants to look attractive to you. Your words are very important in this regard. Damaging words can cause so much damage. You know, words that are, you think you're just speaking, but no, they go very deep. And it's hard to heal. You can't make crude jokes especially about the way she looks. If she brings it up, find a, a diplomatic way to go around it. <laughs> this is so important. Amen? Are we, are we hearing this morning? It's very important. You don't, you don't tease your wife. You can know it, keep it to yourself. If she brings it up, find a very diplomatic way to tell her. Amen. Don't keep saying those because words are very damaging. And put it this way, she's gaining some weight. Find a way to, to let her know if, you, if that doesn't please you. But just constantly nagging at her and telling her you're doing more damage than the physical. You don't see what you're doing. You're damaging a human being and their spirit. You can't do that. You can find a way to let her know by little things that she does. Oh, you did this and you lost. You look great. Guess what she's going to do? More of that. Because she wants to look beautiful to you. We got to be diplomatic. We have to, that's why the Bible says, husband, you must live with your wife according to knowledge. 
Because if you don't, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and there's no unity in the home. She's an heir with you in this grace and your prayers are going to be hindered. Not just your prayer, the prayer for the family. See? Your prayers are going to be hindered. So God cannot bless the home because of what's going on there. The Holy Spirit wants to feel at home in your house. And when he doesn't feel, he is the one that blesses. Everything that you see in the natural comes from the Holy Spirit. The Father gives the word, that's Jesus, and the Holy Spirit makes it happen in, our nat- in the natural. Jesus died, but the one that can actually bring the fullness of salvation into your life, guess who? The Holy Spirit. And he is the comforter. And guess who the wife is supposed to be? The helper? It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit in your life. And when there's something wrong in that area, uh, that family is not going very far. That's why we must live according to knowledge so that God can continue to bless your family. Amen? This is so important. And the seventh thing, keep pursuing her. I'm trying. <laughs> but when you go to the altar and, and, and you say your vows, what do you say? I do? How many have said I do? I do. And guess what your wife says? Do you? <laughs> okay? <laughs> because now, your I do at the altar, you have to prove for the rest of your life. She's constantly asking, do you? You said, I do. A man feels like that's taken care of. That's done, I'm going my way. And she's saying, no, not that fast. <laughs> Not that fast. Come. You got to prove yourself. I guess a brother is really after this. <laughs> she got to keep. So you say, she comes at you and she's wondering, asking, but you know I love you. Yeah, she knows it, but you need to prove it. So your I do at the altar, that's not good enough. <laughs> that was for the preacher and your heavenly father, but in the natural you live with your wife. You don't live in heaven with your heavenly father. You have to continue this I do business. Amen? Constantly. I do. If you, keep, if you have to say it const- every day, I do, I do, I do, till she says, I've heard enough. No, I'm kidding. But we have to do that by your actions and everything. Amen. I'm having fun. <laughs> I hope I'm not digging myself too deep. Angela, I'm coming home to you, all right? Yeah. I'm going to talk in the next few minutes, hopefully I can finish this, uh, about conflict resolution. Conflict resolution. I may not be able to finish this, but it's really, really important. Conflict resolution, because... According to the experts, marriage actually means conflict. In other words, you are going to have conflict. And you know, the way God is, he allows these things to help us get to our destiny. God could have taken the children of Israel and just put them in the promised land without them going through the wilderness. 
Just take them by miracle. He divided the Red Sea, right? That was a great miracle. He, can, he could have just transported them and just, take, just put them in their promised land. And that would be wonderful, but he doesn't do his things that way. There's always a process. And in the process, there's a, there, we have to deal with a lot of conflicts. Things that are against our expectations. Conflict in the home is primarily based on expectations. What you are expecting is not given to you. And so we fight about these things. And so marriage actually means conflict. And there are primarily three ways that people deal with conflict according to the experts. The first way is the, we label escape or escape, if I put it in the right word, escape. And uh, the people who handle conflict in this way, the experts label peace fakers. They fake peace where there is no peace. And this is very dangerous. Escape. The second way is the second response to, to conflict resolution is called the attack response. And people who deal with this, uh, who use this form of response to conflict, the experts, uh, experts label them peace breakers. In other words, winning the fight is more important than the relationship. They are ready, they have, they've got to win. And then lastly, the peacemakers. And that means the people to whom the relationship is much bigger than the conflict that they're dealing with in the home. Many times people go from one, those who are not peacemakers, they can go from peace faking to peace breaking, attack mode, depending on whether or not they have been cornered. They can be, the, uh, be in a, uh, an escape mode where it's all just to protect themselves. They don't want to deal with the issues. But when they're cornered, they go from there to the attack mode. They, they attack. And people go, but if you really want peace in your home, you have to be a peacemaker. Your relationship with this person is more important than the conflict that you're going through. If you have that, you will make a way for it. And God will assist you to make a way for peace in the home. You see, God has called us to peace. That's what the Bible says. God, Jesus is called what? The Prince of Peace. Why is he the Prince of Peace? Because there's conflict in the world. But he can bring peace in your home. And if you allow the Prince of Peace, because he's the peacemaker, and if you line up with the peacemaker, I'm going to make peace in my family. Peace brings prosperity. Peace will bring prosperity. It's so important. I'm going to start with the first one today because I have a little time left. The people who deal with escape, what is happening is they don't want to deal with the conflict in the home. 
and it could mean conflict in life in general. The thing here is all about this individual, about me. And so they don't want to deal with it. They act as if there is no conflict in the home. But everybody knows there is, the, everything is tense in the home. But they're pretending as if nothing's happening. They're escaping from it. So they fake peace. And this is so destructive. And generally, the people who lean towards this, they are more concerned about their own personal peace. They don't want to deal with the conflict. They don't want to deal, don't want to write on anything, just and peace. But that's not life. Life is not like that. Life, in life, we have to deal with troubles. We have to deal with conflicts. And if you don't face the conflict, you don't face the enemy, you're going to get killed. You got to fight. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. You have to confront the enemy. And your wife is not the enemy. Your husband is not the enemy. And no one is doing you in. I've often said, no one can hurt you like you can hurt yourself. So, work together and resolve the issues. There are three parts to this uh, uh, mode of uh, conflict resolution. The first part is denial. Denial. Refuse to engage and properly resolve the issue. But the problem will never go away this way. You're just denying that there's a problem, but the problem is there. You got to deal with it. And if they've denied for a long time and it's not going away, guess what they do? They go into the flight mode. We can't deny it anymore, but they still don't want to engage. So they run to the garage. And if that's not possible, they end the friendship. It's flight. Flight mode. They end the, they end the, uh, the, the friendship. <laughs> Quit the job because they don't want to deal with the conflict. Change church. <laughs> Amen. They don't want to deal with it. I'm not going to deal with it, so I'm going to find a better church. Well, you'll never grow. You'll never grow. Uh, you leave this church, go to the next church. <laughs> Guess where, what you'll find in that church? They're not perfect. You're going to find the same kind of thing, the same conflict. So you move from that church to another church and you spend the rest of your life looking for the perfect church and you won't find one because as soon as you join it, the church becomes imperfect. And so what people do in relationship, they end the relationship. Divorce now. The fire for divorce is flight. And they're hoping that they're going to find somebody else that's better than the husband uh, or the wife to get married to who will meet my needs. And then as soon as they get the person in, the first week it seems okay. The next week he says, you just like my wife, <laughs> my, old, my former wife. Yeah, you're right. She's a woman. That's why. 
And then you begin to scratch your head. What have I gotten into? I think the other one is better than this one. This is real. This is not going to work for me. Have you noticed people who get divorced because they didn't want to deal with the issues? They get married. The rate of divorce in the second marriage is what? Much higher than the first. And then when you go past the second to the third, it's even higher. Why? Because they have not learned to deal with conflict. You can be successful as a family person. The family life can be successful or the family life may fail. Every family is dealing with the same kind of issues. Financial issues, all kinds of conflicts in the home. The successful family, they are able to be successful because they have learned how to deal with conflicts better than the failing family. We all have to deal with it. Every family is going through it. Don't complain about your family. You haven't learned and or are unwilling to deal with the conflicts that are going with your, in your home so that you can have harmony in the home. Amen? That's just the difference. And because this, uh, this form of uh, conflict resolution is towards me, it's inward. I, it's me. I got to have some peace. If there's no peace, I let go. But if they are forced into that situation and things go really down, guess what happens? That's when people take their lives. Suicide. They take their lives. We're going to talk about the attack mode. That one is about you. It ends up in murder. They kill their mates. That happens. I didn't know, realize people can actually destroy their own mates. They fall supposedly out of love and they find somebody else and they actually take the lives of the one that gave them children. I, I can't figure that out. But it's happening in our world. Why? They don't know how to deal with conflicts. But God says they are not going away. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Amen. Stand up with me this morning. Knowledge is power. Amen? That's what the scripture says. Knowledge is power. And so, you know the truth, and the truth makes you free. So you can work. We're all growing, and we can deal with this thing. Tell yourself, I'm going to have a successful family. There's a time to escape from a family. When you cannot resolve the problems... As it is today, there is abuse in the family. You don't have to stay there. Protect your life. Amen? When there is abuse, currently there's no way to resolve the issues. Leave. And God will protect that. You don't want it, but that's the best thing. It's better to still be alive than for your life to be taken. Whereas when you have little children... Because someone is not willing to live for God. We know what's right. Amen? And we have a gracious God. But we need to learn how to resolve conflicts. Let's lift our hands up this morning. Most of us here, familiar to us. I need you to commit to the Lord your God. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, let him know, God, I'm coming home. I'm coming home to you. I'm coming home to you. I want you to take full control of my life. 
How many here want to make God Lord and Master of your hand? Just do this. Wave at me. That's right. Thank you. Let's lift our hands up and surrender to him. Father God, I thank you for your people. I bless your people today in the name of Jesus. We are growing into maturity. We are growing into our inheritance. We are wiser today than we were yesterday because of the teachings of the Holy Spirit. We receive from you, O oh God, to be better disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. We commit our lives to you. We give you our lives. We ask that you lead and direct our lives. Father, I bless your people. I want nothing evil to come upon these people. Everyone hearing my voice today. Nothing, nothing evil upon their lives. Lord, that you will give them light where there is darkness in their relationships and in their lives. That you will give them prosperity where there is shortage and there is confusion. Lord, I thank you that your mercy abides with us forever and that your goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. I thank you because you have prepared the table before everyone that's hearing the sound of my voice this morning in the presence of their enemies and everything that the enemy meant for evil in their lives will be turned for good. Let your face shine upon their lives. Smile upon your families. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you.